This is an oral history of the Lord's move in Plainview, Texas in the early 1960s. It's a story of what can happen when a small group of students love Christ and His church and give their lives to God's purpose in a practical way. The following is a personal testimony from James Barber, one of Witness Lee's earliest co-workers in the United States. The next several episodes will be his first-hand account of what the Lord did among them in Plainview in those early days. Originally spoken to the church in Oklahoma City as a history of the Lord's recovery. For the first time, then in November of 1963, we went to hear Brother Lee. He came to this country in 62. Then he came to Texas in 1963 to Tyler, Texas. Tyler, Texas. And there he was. And I went there to hear Brother Lee for the first time. I think this is about where we were. <laughs> and I heard him share from Genesis and Revelation. And I heard him share on how to feed on the Lord. Then I went back. I heard him one day. I went back. And then going back. We came back again and spent the whole week, a week there. And in that week, we stayed in Tyler in, in a, in a uh, chiropractor's office. We lived there. That's where we stayed. Belonged to a man by the name of James Stringer in Tyler, Texas. He's in Houston now. And I remember a turmoil going on in me. And sitting in that chiropractor's office here in 1963, I knew a real crisis was coming to one James Barber. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're hearing the riches. I knew this man. I knew because of reading Watchman Nee, I knew this man knows far more. And I, I have ever realized any man could know. And just by the Lord's mercy, it wasn't anything of me. Right away, I knew this man knows the Bible more than anyone. I've heard them all. I've heard the best. But I, nobody knows the Bible like this man. I heard him for a week, morning and evening in Tyler. With the ones that were there, like I mentioned, uh, Sharon Coleman was with us. And uh, some others who didn't make it. But then I had a crisis. What was I going to do? And you know, I did something that I never advise you to do. I did something I would never advise anyone else to do. I just didn't know what to do. I was in a quandary. What do you do? What do I do now? You know, do I quit my job? What, what do you do? I didn't see the church. I didn't know what, I didn't know anything. And there wasn't anything to see. <laughs> there was no church to see. You couldn't even come to find a group like this. Anywhere, hardly. There was a group in Los Angeles, but mostly, you know, Chinese. Not much had happened yet. What do you do? You tell me. Well, I opened the Word. But, I just opened it. I said, Lord, you've got to show me something. This is what I never advised you to do. But I just opened the Word. And began to read. And he never believed where the Bible opened up. This is during the time while I was hearing Brother Lee. 
And I knew I had to make some kind of decision. It opened up. Turn to it. To Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 52. That's where it opened up. It just opened up there. It wasn't even my Bible. It was a Gideon Bible on the table there. You know, and I just opened it up. And it opened to 52. And do you know what you'd never guess where I began to read? Verse 11. Praise the Lord. Lord. (laughs) Depart ye. Depart ye. Go ye out from thence. Go ye out. Touch no unclean thing. Go ye out of the midst of her. Be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. Do you know what this verse is talking about? I didn't know at that time. This is verse is talking about leaving Babylon. Talking about leaving Babylon. Which is where I was. But I didn't realize that much about what the word meant at that time. But I did see this word departing. These two verses, verse 12, 2. For you shall not go out with haste, nor by flight, for the Lord will go before you. And the God of Israel will be your, not just reward, but re-reward, rearward. In other words, he will not only go before me, he will be behind me. Before us and behind us, I should say. Well, I can say I would never advise you to do this. Just open the Bible and pick a verse and then move on it. But I did. (laughs) I did it. I took that as a clear word from the Lord to get out. To get out. I didn't know where. I tell you, I felt like, I, I guess I felt like Abraham. I didn't know. You know, it says Abraham went out not knowing where he went. And I read an article one time about Abraham, and the title of it was, Marching Off the Map. (laughs) And it quoted this verse, Abraham went out not knowing where he went. Because God told him to go. He didn't tell him where to go. He said, you just go, leave, and I will will be your way. And everywhere, that's just the way I, I didn't, what are you going to do? Go, but depart, but depart where? I didn't see the church. I didn't see much of anything except I had seen Christ as life. I had seen that here was a man who knew the word. And I have to to go back. During this time, before I heard Brother Lee, the normal Christian life came out. So the manager of the bookstore where we were, he asked me, you want me to order this? Uh, I said, yeah. He ordered two copies. I got one. Elton Carr got the other. That's only two he ordered. I read through it, the normal Christian church life, I should say. Did I say normal Christian church life came out in the spring of 1963. The first edition came out. It was published by international students in Washington, D.C. How all of these happened, I don't know. How people get... Anyway, I read the normal Christian church life. I said it. It worked in China. It never worked here. What we need is to get life in the Southern Baptist. That's really... You know, I just didn't see a thing. 
I didn't see the church at all until I heard Brother Lee. I still didn't see the church. But I figured if he took this way, that must be the right one at that time. <laughs> anyway, I still didn't know go, to depart where? Depart ye, depart ye, but where? Where are you going to go? But I had this second verse. You'll not go out with haste, nor by flight, but the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear one. He would be before me and behind me. That's all I knew. Praise the Lord. We finished that week. And I went to see Brother Lee. I went to see him. I made an appointment to see him. Of course, I didn't know him. He didn't know me. And so I told him everything that I've told you. Of what had happened. How we began to see Christ in life and everything. And up to this point. And then... You know, I asked him, I said, now, Brother Lee, what do I do next? Do I quit my job? Do I leave the denomination? What do I do? I was longing for him to tell me, yes, that's right. Quit your job. Leave the denomination. Do this. Do that. Number one, two, three, four, five. That's what I would have told somebody. So I said, Brother Lee, what do I do? He said, you pray, brother. You pray. <laughs> I, that's exact words, I remember. You pray, brother. You pray. That's all he would say. You know, I've considered that many times. I learned from that. <laughs> and I've considered that. You pray, brother. You know... It shows he was not there, if you understand what I mean. The Lord sent him to this country, but he did not come here to do something. To stir up people. To try to get as many as he could. Ah, here's a young man, let's get him. You see? No. He did not come that way. He came fully moving in the Lord. And he figured that if I touch the Lord, then that would take care of everything. But if I didn't touch the Lord by praying and get my leadership from Him, what use? What good is it for Him to tell me what to do? And that's really true. We could learn something from that. You know, if we don't touch the Lord, what good does it do for anybody to tell us what to do? It doesn't do a bit of good. And when we do touch the Lord... We don't need anybody to tell us what to do. We know what to do. You have an anointing from the Holy One and you know. You know. And I do. <laughs> Actually, he said, you know, he said, you pray, but I already knew. Now, it's just a strange thing. You don't do things like that. Yeah, I was going to go. I was going to depart. But where was I going to go? So we finished that week in Tyler. We came back. To Plainview. Plainview, Texas. That's what they said later on. There was a plain view there. And this was right uh, before the Thanksgiving holidays. This is right around the 12th, 13th, 14th of November. Somewhere in there, 15th when I got back. 
And I waited for a week. I really tell you the truth. I didn't pray. I didn't pray that much. I knew. I knew what I had to do. But the problem was, would I do it? Would I do it? I mean, can you just quit? Can you just quit? Can you just quit your job? A place you've been raised in for 20 years? Educated and everything and quit and just march off the map? <laughs> Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? How are you going to feed your family? You know, I had a job there. I've been paid money, you know, to live by. <laughs> what are you going to do? And I remember taking out the student handbook of the seminary. And I would look at all these professors, Dr. So-and-so who taught me Greek, Dr. So-and-so who taught me theology, Dr. So-and-so. And this question came into my mind. Could all these men be wrong? Could all these men be wrong? I, I, I had that question. I mean, this is Doc. He was a dear brother. Dr. Gideon taught me Greek. Still there. Teaching Greek. <laughs> 20 years later, still teaching Greek. Lord Jesus. Could all these men be wrong? This is the question. But the Lord didn't answer. Yes, they're all wrong. <laughs> You know, that's the way we want to answer. In fact, I heard some of you answer that way. But all these men be like, yes, they're all wrong. No, the Lord didn't answer that way. He really didn't. I had the distinct impression when I had that thought within me. Could all these men be wrong? The Lord said, it is not a matter of whether they are right or they are wrong. It is a matter of whether you will do what I have showed you. That I had the distinct impression that came to me. This is not the question whether all these men are right or wrong or not. The question is, are you going to follow me? So, I didn't have any choice. But you have to realize, I mean, I'm not trying to... Play, play something up as some big deal. But still, there was not that much to see at that time. You know, I didn't come see a glowing meeting with saints praising the Lord. Like you did, Greg. I didn't get to see something like that. All I, could, all I had to see was a vision. That this is what the Lord wanted. But how do I know? How is that going to work? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had all of this going through me. But I had no choice. I had no choice. So after I came back on November the 22nd, 1963, the same day Kennedy was shot, I had to call. Remember, I told you my boss was in Dallas. So I had to call Dallas to resign. And I called that morning first. I was going to resign. And the man wasn't in. He wasn't there. So I was going, to, that was right before noon. Kennedy was shot at noon. And so I was going to call afternoon. And then I went home. And my wife already had seen it on TV. There, the news, everything was out. Kennedy had been shot. I couldn't believe it. Then that was in Dallas. He was shot in Dallas. I said, that call will never go through. 
and I was kind of relieved. Well, you know, maybe I don't, you know, something this, but I still called again. The call went straight through. And there were all kinds of tie-ups in Dallas at that time. It went straight through. I got to my boss, and I told him I had to resign. And I said, I, I will stay as long as you want me to stay, but I cannot be here during the time of the December holidays, Christmas holidays, because I had heard in Tyler that there was going to be a conference in Los Angeles, December conference, 1963. That's the only thing I knew. I had to be there. So I said, as long as it takes for you to get someone to, to uh, fulfill the job, it's okay with me. But I cannot be because they had a regular training for all the BSU directors during the holiday time. And they expected you to be there. And I said, I cannot be there. I, can't, I just cannot be there. So he made the agreement. Okay, it's Thanksgiving, just about Thanksgiving now. You work for three more weeks. And at the start of the holidays, your time will be terminated, and, uh, et cetera. Then you will receive your vacation pay up to the first of the year. So I did it. And it was settled. I quit my job. And I didn't know what I was going to do. But anyway, I had gotten the tapes of all those messages I heard in Thailand. You know, in those days we had the big reels. <laughs> and I had to go to a place where one brother that was there... He was just around for a while, but he was there. He had the tapes in Odessa, Texas. And I went there, and we didn't have a copier. We just played it reel at a time, slow, reel at a time. And it took me two days to copy reel at a time, just the playing speed, reel at a time, until I had all the messages he gave. Then I came back, and I began to play. I just let it be known among those so-called 30 students, you know, that were fellowshipping Christ as life. That would come by my office. I'd let it be known that I had something. If they wanted to hear, they could come to my house. And every night from Thanksgiving until the Christmas holidays started, they came to hear. Students. Students coming here. to so 25 to 30 every night coming. He could hardly understand it. And they came. They came. And all those ones I told you about, they came. But I have to say this, Benson had graduated the year before, and now he was in Dallas. He was going to the seminary some, and he's also connected up with a fellow who is now the BSU director at OU. He was with him in Dallas, living in a navigator's home, and checking into some different things. And I had called him and told him in November that I was going to Tyler to hear Brother Lee. Did he want to go? And he said, yes. And so he met me at the airport in Dallas on the way to Tyler here, Brother Lee, to tell me he couldn't go. He had made some other plans, some navigator plans. So he didn't go with me. So Benson had missed all of this in 63 because he graduated in the spring of 63. And this is the fall of 63. So the ones that were there were still ones like Ben and Ray and Tim House, some of the others. So they were all students, you know, just 19 18. Y'all, that's the ones the Lord goes to. Seems like in a beginning stage. And so I played those tapes. And at the end, I said, okay, I've quit my job. 
I will not be here anymore. I am going to Los Angeles to hear Brother Lee, this one you've been hearing the tapes of, for a conference of 10 days. And say, anybody wants to go, they can go. Okay, six of us went. I can name the six. There were six that went. Ben McPherson and Ray Graver went with me. The only reason Ray Graver went was that he was from Virginia. He's not a Texan. He's from Virginia. And he didn't have enough money to go home for the holidays. So he didn't have anything else to do. And also, he was going to prove it was all a fraud. He didn't see a thing. I found this out later. But he was going. He was just going along. He had not been there when Thomas was there. He did not see what we saw. Therefore, but he was going along to see. But he was going. And uh, you wouldn't believe it. But when we, after we got in Los Angeles, Brother Lee spoke in the morning, had an afternoon question and answer time. Ray questioned him and questioned him and disagreed with this and disagreed with that. Questioned everything. And Ben got so mad at, at Ray. You know, said, why did we bring him? <laughs> It was Ben and Ray and I in my little Volkswagen, Carmen Gia. Very small and no heater. And then Rodney Phillips borrowed Benson's car, 56 Chevrolet. <laughs> He got, borrowed Benson's car, who was in Dallas. Somehow he went to Dallas, got the car, and came back. And he went, he and Max Hale and Joe Young. So those three went. There were two cars went. So we all went to Los Angeles not knowing what would come next. I for sure didn't know. I'd quit my job. I thought, well, maybe since, you know, Plainview's just about 40 miles from Lubbock, and that's where I went to college at Texas Tech. And I got a degree in history, but I didn't get any kind of teaching credentials. I thought, well, I'll go back, get my teaching credentials, and I'll just teach school. That was my thinking. That's what I thought I would do. So, praise the Lord. I'll stop here. <laughs> and next time we'll get into what happened in Los Angeles. <laughs> it's always the key point next, isn't it? Next time on Plainview. Ten days we heard from him. Morning and evening. And at this time, he brought out the matter of the ground of the church so clearly we couldn't miss it. We just couldn't miss it. We'd seen life, now we begin to see it. We had to take the way of the truth. It took ten days. <laughs> but at the end of the ten days, we were clear. <coughs> see, we had to come back to Texas and begin to meet as the church where we were.